The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Disability Law Show. We are back at it. Good to have you along with us. Savannah Tamarkin here as well, answering all your questions and emails, which we have got a ton to get through. I want to throw some contact at you right off the top so you can use and keep Anytime toll-free number, of course. Uh, you know it probably by now. If you've heard the show for some time, it's one 821 5900 Help at disabilityrights.ca. And a reminder of our TV show, long-running TV show. That can be found. Links to it at disabilityrights.ca. And I know pretty much countless times during this show today, Savan will refer to mydisabilityquestions.com. That is a place to do exactly that. Ask your disability law questions with a searchable database so you can see if your questions have been asked in the past. If uh, if so, we'll save you some time. Read the answer. might answer all your questions. If not, you can leave your uh, your question there and a uh, member of Savan's team will get to it, mydisabilityquestions.com. All right, brother, what do you got, uh, what do you got going on today to start us off? Johnny, uh, just a very, very busy week. And again, mm-hmm. just to remind everyone, uh, we're all working um, you know, working remotely now in Ontario, in British Columbia, in Alberta, and uh, we help people with their employment issues and their long-term disability denials and any other questions they have about their long-term disability claims. And again, a reminder that I am a lawyer, and the people in my office are, are lawyers, they're assistants, they're law clerks. You know, we are very, very well known in the industry, in the employment bars and in the disability bars. We have a reputation and, uh, you know, part of it is because we give out this information, John, each and every week on TV and on radio for free. People appreciate that. And in fact, we've gotten a lot of compliments, Leo and I, uh, you know, from, from members of the bar, from other lawyers, uh, wow. f- from other individuals who, who do this kind of work. Uh, because they're happy that this information is out there for individuals who need it. So let me start off with an interesting scenario. In fact, a bunch of scenarios here, individuals who've contacted me. And again, reminder, if you contact me and you tell me, don't don't mention my situation on air, I will not do so, okay? And even when people email me, I change some facts here and there just to maintain confidentiality. I want to make sure nobody's identified. So let's start off with this individual here. He's from British Columbia. He started his LTD, long-term disability, on October uh, in October 2018, so a few years back. He was cut off LTD in July of 2020, so almost two years uh, later. And this was despite having his family doctor and psychologist saying that he cannot go back to work. Uh, he, uh, he used to work for the Correctional Services of Canada, and, and they were not able to accommodate his disabilities. Long story short, he needed this LTD to continue. And here's what happened there, and I'm seeing this more and more happening. Uh, he contacted us because he was essentially pressured by his insurance company to retire. And what happens is that when you retire from your job, obviously, in many instances, especially if it's a government job or, or a larger company, uh, you have access to a pension. Right. And so, so he was pressured. Now, here's the thing, though. When you access that pension, when you access whatever retirement benefits you have, if you're paid severance, whatever, the insurance company is entitled in many instances to a deduction or a credit for that money that you're now going to receive. So people contact me, John, and they say, I've been forced or I've been pressured to retire, but I'm still disabled. And, and but for my disability, uh, sorry, but for my, my you know, uh, retirement, I, I would not have been able to go back to work. What I, would, you know, I couldn't do anything. 
LTD insurer says they're going to stop my benefits because I should be retiring. And uh, the reality is because I'm retiring, I'm getting less money now from my pension because I've retired before age 65 or whatever the age is uh, where you get a full pension. So, so my message to people is this. We're going to help this gentleman here. It's a bit convoluted. I'm not going to get into it in terms of what we can do here. But my, my, my suggestion to people out there is this. If you are cut off prematurely from your long-term disability payments by your insurance company, if you're told you have to retire or you're being pressured to retire by your employer or by your insurance company, do not do so. Give us a call first. Okay? Let's discuss your case. Let's discuss the options. But the reality is that the reason why they're telling you to retire or they're trying to pressure you to retire is because they get a benefit from that. Not because you get a benefit, because they get a benefit. And if a person is owed long-term disability, you know, for those two years, the first two years when you can't do your own occupation, or beyond the two-year mark when you can't do any occupation, well, guess what? Then you're entitled to have continued long-term disability benefits paid to you. Remember, these insurance companies, they're not, you know, they're not Mother Teresa, okay? They're paying you LTD because they've been contractually obligated. They've received premiums for this. It's just like house insurance, car insurance, any other kind of insurance. They've been paid premiums either by you as the individual or your employer, if it's a group uh, plan, or a combination. It could be that you know the funding for this plan came from you and your employer jointly. The point is the insurance company was paid for this exact uh, situation in the event that you cannot work, and there's no reason why they should not pony up the money that they owe you. And again, we help people make sure that they get that money from their insurance companies. John, we do this day in and day out. I can't tell you how many people are so happy that they've contacted us. And sometimes, by the way, people contact us. We give them information. We can't necessarily help in every circumstance, but at least people you know, have peace of mind that they have the right information. They don't go to Dr. Google to get information from the U.S. or from other websites, from lawyers that don't know what they're doing, right? We give this information, again, day in and day out, and just, listen, go, go on Google and check out our firm's reviews, and, and you'll get a sense of the quality that we provide uh, across all our offices. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people realize that you can't double dip, I guess, in a sense, if you're getting disability, then your pension. I mean, they're going to get a credit for that, and that's, I guess, part of the reason why they want to get their hands in your pockets, right? Sure, absolutely. Insurance companies are in the business of making money. They're not in the business of helping you. This is really, really key to understand. This is the only product I can think of where once, you know, the, the whoever's providing the product, the insurance company, once they are paid, they have an adverse interest to whoever they are supposed to be protecting, right? Like if you buy a car, the dealership has an interest in keeping you happy, taking care of you, uh, making sure you come there for service, etc. right? They don't want the car to necessarily break down on day one. They want you to come for service, right? right. Same thing with the fridge, a house, whatever. Insurance sure. is the only product out there that when you pay it, as soon as you pay it, the insurance company is going to look for every way not to give you that product <laughs> that you paid for. It's absolutely crazy. I think it's, there's a lack of proper regulation and oversight by the government. It's a different discussion. But the point is this. People actually have the power, they just don't realize it, to force insurance companies to do what they're supposed to do, which is to pay you a claim. And this is where we come in because we help you do that, and we've done this in hundreds and thousands of cases. Hey, look! Don't uh, don't hesitate to reach out to Savannah and his team, if if only for a, uh, a you know a more uh, private, lengthy conversation. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and help at disabilityrights.ca. Real simple. What else? Uh, what else we got going on today? 
here's another situation that happened and when I hear something like this happening my blood starts boiling so so this individual here has been on LTD for about a year or so and this person is contacting us not because they've been cut off in fact it's a sister the sister of the disabled person who's contacted us because apparently the her sister the the disabled person is being belittled and is being humiliated and is being just you know uh, just it's 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 just a terrible situation i'm losing my words here because some of the, some of the ways she just described the conversations and what's been happening with the adjuster is just mind-boggling to me i don't understand how this adjuster actually still works with this insurance company and and you know this adjuster is is bullying her telling her that they can cut off her benefits whenever they you know when, whenever they want and, and they even went as far or this adjuster went as far as saying i don't care what your doctor says you know, your benefits, if I, if I say they're going to end, they're going to end. Like, who says something like that to a person who's suffering? And this individual, by the way, is suffering from a mental health uh, um, disability or illness. So, so just imagine somebody who's struggling with depression, anxiety, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, any of these number of, of really serious um, debilitating impairments, uh, illnesses. Imagine having an adjuster who's supposed to be there for you to guide you through the process to help you who has a good faith like who has a duty of good faith to you the insurance company remember they have a fiduciary obligation to you as an insured they have to treat you in good faith that means that they cannot be aggressive with you they cannot be belittling you they cannot be humiliating to you they can't do that they're not allowed and what I tell people and this is what this lady did the sister she contacted us and so we had a discussion with with her sister and and with her uh we're going to be able to help her she has not been cut off but i think it's this is one of those cases where i would say you know generally i say if you haven't you know if you have not been cut off i we don't like to interject ourselves as lawyers into the equation because then you know it can make the situation very awkward and uncomfortable uh b between the adjuster and the individual but this is one of those instances that you know i am going to be firing off an email to the adjuster and the adjuster supervisor and i'm going to make it very clear that if they don't stop this if they don't change change this adjuster and and, and if they don't change their behavior we're going to take the position that they've made it impossible for this lady to continue receiving benefits just by virtue of the conduct of the adjuster you know in employment John, when you and Lior speak about this, you talk about constructive dismissal. Yep. You talked about a situation. You talk about a situation where if if the, the environment is so toxic that the employee cannot continue working in that environment, well, then you know you can take the position that the the individual has been constructively dismissed. There, it's impossible for that person to continue working at that environment, and and what flows from that is a claim for severance against the employer. To me, this is analogous. If the adjuster has made a situation so unbearable for a disabled person, where it's even documented by the disabled person's doctors that the adjuster's behavior is actually making this person's health worse, to me, that is actionable. Not only vis-a-vis -vis the policy, the fact that the insurance company must pay this person what they're owed, but it exposes the insurance company to extra contractual damages, to punitive damages, punishment damages meaning that we would go after the insurance company for extra money to punish the insurance company so that this person is compensated for the hell that they've been going through. So again, not every case will rise to that. And you know, let's put a caveat there. Sometimes people's perceptions don't jive with reality. You know, Sometimes if an adjuster doesn't say hello, the person will take that as an affront. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about situations where the adjuster is really aggressive. It's actually documented in writing. 
you know, give me a call at that point. Let us help you deal or, or help you navigate the system in that situation because the reality is you need help and we need to make sure that you are empowered so you can stand up for your rights. Get some information. Have a chat, man. It's it's so worth it. Here's how you uh, get a hold of Savan and his crew. Uh, James Tamar, such a, an, an amazing team there. one 821 5900 website is disabilityrights.ca. Want to send us an email? We'll get to those a little later on the show. That would be help at disabilityrights.ca. And again, free questions and answers about LTD. Bring it on. That would be mydisabilityquestions.com. We'll continue Disability Law Show right here, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back. Disability Law Show here with uh, Savan Tamarkin, uh, co-founder of Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed disability and employment law firm in the country, coast to coast to coast. Check it out. You can Google that and find out that's uh, exactly true. want to get some emails here in just a bit. Savannah, you want to send one along to the show, help at disabilityrights.ca. And the phone number for a uh, consultation or at least a conversation uh, at your own leisure, one 821 5900 of course, absolutely toll-free. All right, pal, what else we got going on? Okay, here's an interesting situation, and we've talked about this issue before. Again, the interplay between employment law, your rights as an employee, and long-term disability. Well, here's something that just came um, to my desk, so to speak, uh, this past week. Individual calls us, has been on short-term disability from May 2018 to May 2019, so for one year. She applies for long-term disability, and she gets denied. Again, this was in May of uh, 2019. Yep. She tries to go back to work because she has no alternative. Uh, And this was against medical advice, right? Right. The doctors are saying you can't, but she needs to put food on the table for her family. So, you know, she kills herself trying to go back to work. But guess what? She shortly after gets let go from her employer, by her employer. And if you think about it, I mean, I can see, I mean, I'm not justifying this because I think the employer has now exposed themselves to to, uh, a claim for severance and human rights damages, right? You cannot let an employee go uh, fire them while they're disabled or on disability or have anything of the sort. Anyways, in this case, the stupid employer fires this person who is clearly disabled and fires them because they can't do their job because they're disabled. Right. right. So, you know, that that's anyways. Uh, so, so this lady, what does she do? Um, she gets a lawyer. She gets an employment lawyer. The employment right. lawyer gets her a severance package. I don't have the details on that, but it's a severance package. She appears to be happy with the severance package. Great. Except coming. that she she had signed a release. Um, and and, you know, many of our listeners, especially those who have been listening to the employment law show with Lior, know that when you negotiate a severance package with an employer, much like you do with an insurance company, if there is an agreement on an amount of money that is paid to you, the other side, either the employer on the employment side or the insurance company, if it's an LTD case, they will have you or want you to sign a full and final release that releases them from future obligations. Okay? They want to sever the ties. Okay? Yep. This, is, this, is, this is nothing controversial. This is common. All right. So she does that. Great. However, she's still disabled. This all happened in 2019 and early 2020, last year. So she calls us up because she is still disabled and she has difficulty working. And of course, she never did anything about the denial 
from her long-term disability insurance company. Remember, she was denied back in May of 2019, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and she wants to revisit that now because she's a relatively young lady. I'm stuck in Well, what's the first thing that I, I, I asked her, John? I, I said, well, you, you settled your employment case. You signed a release. Can I see the release? I look at the release, and what do I see in the release? I see language in the full and final release that she signed with her employer that doesn't just release the employer oh, from any no. future benefits, but releases the long-term disability insurance company. Now, here's the thing. And again, we can do a full show on the legalisms of this, and I'm sure there's lawyers out there who are listening to this who are saying, but wait a second, Sivan, this release is between the employer and right. her, not the insurance company. It's something called privity of contract, right? There is a contract between her and the insurance company that is separate from between her and the employer. Sure, that is the case. But, but that's not the messaging here. That's not the message that I'm trying to bring to you. The message I'm trying to bring to you, or the lesson here is this. The employment lawyer, who clearly does not understand the LTD component and the interplay between employment and long-term disability, was clearly not aware, you know, for lack of a better term, I was going to say negligent, but let's not say that, was not aware of the, implica the potential implications of the various provisions in the full and final release that this person signed with respect to her severance with the employer. Any employment lawyer at our firm would immediately have raised the red flag with respect to this release. They would have said to the employer, hold on for a second. My client is going to sign nothing of the sort. There's going to be nothing in the release that releases any other third party like an insurance company here, irrespective of whether or not this is binding on the insurance company or not. That's irrelevant. The whole privity of contract doesn't matter. My point is this. If you are negotiating with your employer severance and you are signing a release, you need to, or your lawyer, better yet, needs to go through the release with a fine-tooth comb to make sure that what you are releasing the, the, the employer from is exactly what you've bargained for. You do not want to be in a situation where now, irrespective of whether or not this lady that contacted us can go after the insurance company for the LTD, you don't want to be in a situation where this is even an issue. So again, I have seen this before and, and I highlight this because I've said this before many times. We are in a very unique position, our firm, in that we do both employment law and long-term disability law. We have lawyers that specialize or focus uh, their practices in both of those areas. So they're very much attuned to those areas. And as you can see, John, we have many, many cases that come you know, all the time. Even when you do Lior's show, you guys do live shows all the time. You get people calling in with not just employment matters, but disability matters because there is an interplay. If a person is disabled and they're having issues with their insurance company, they may very well end up having issues with their employer and vice versa. And you need a law firm that has expertise in both of these areas because if you go to one that only knows employment law and you have an LTD case or a potential LTD case, it's like a landmine waiting to explode, and I have seen it explode many, many times. And, and this explosion results in people losing on tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. This lady here who contacted us, my estimation of her LTD claim is that it's worth around two to $300,000. Now, we're going to try and help her. But if we can't, she signed away her rights on a severance package that was a fraction of the amount she's owed by the long-term disability insurance company. You understand the gravity of this, John, now? <laughs> and I'm hoping people out there understand. 
Doesn't it it's make it also worse? Isn't it? Doesn't it make it worse that the fact that she signed on signed away in the severance package that the long term disability insurer will have access to some of that money. Yeah, absolutely. As That's severance? a different issue altogether. Absolutely, you're right. right. Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah. you're right. Even if she can get LTD. Because, again, the employment lawyer she hired didn't understand the, the intricacies of the overlap between the two areas of law. Remember that most LTD policies contain provisions that entitle the insurance company to a credit for any severance you get. So, again, that's why when we're dealing with the employer, we try and structure the settlement in a certain way that minimizes what the insurance company can get their hands on. Again, this is all part and parcel of, of what we're talking about. But the focus today of this interplay between employment and LTD is the release. And the fact that your lawyer has a responsibility to make sure that they're not releasing the opposing party from anything more than what was actually bargained for and negotiated. This lady did not negotiate, did not at least think or understand that she was receiving a certain amount of money to release both the employer and the insurance company from their obligations. It was simply to release the employer, which is fine. But again, this is where I think the, the, the lawyer should have done a better job. And, and you just have to be careful. That's it. Just be careful. Again, you don't want to come to me or to my team where we have expertise in this. You want to go to someone else? Fine. But just identify the right lawyer that knows both areas of law. Because if you don't, it's your money that you're going to be losing. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That is the toll free number. Keep it. Spread it around if you know someone that's going through this, or maybe not as, as bad a situation, but they just want to ask a few questions to uh, Savannah. You can give them that number. Help at disabilityrights.ca as well. Okay, moving on. What else? Uh, what else we're going to tackle <laughs> before we break? <laughs> All right, there's, there's still a lot more, John. So here's an email oh. that came to me, and I'm going to try and, and sort of change a few of the facts here because I want to make sure, that, again, this person is not identified. So, so the title, the subject of the email was question for my husband. So this came from a lady. Um, so, so this lady writes, approximately five years ago, my husband was diagnosed with, I'm going to butcher this, but it's hypertrophic cardiomyopathy of the heart, which my understanding is basically heart failure or, or something okay. like that. Um, he had his AZ license pulled and was off work for five years uh, with CPP disability and LTD through his employer. He ended up going back to work for approximately two years and now has, has gone off just before Christmas. So this, she's telling me what's happened just recently. From August 2020 on, he had more spells and went through multiple tests uh, at the Heart Institute. He'll be going for open heart surgery um, next month. The question is whether he can go back into CPP disability or LTD. Uh, he's currently on uh, on sick leave with getting EI uh, sick pay. So, very tough situation. And you know the answer is that he's going to have to reapply. Basically, uh, he's going to have to reapply if he cannot work, and his doctors say he cannot work. He has to reapply for LTD and CPP disability. Okay. One thing I don't know that's going to happen here, I think, is there's a possibility that the LTD insurer is going to now say that the pre-existing exclusion in the policy has been triggered. Because if he was on disability for this exact issue uh, back then, seven years ago, five years ago, whenever that was, and now you know he's trying to go back onto it, I don't know if they're going to now you know, say, you know, you, you, you can't go back onto it. I simply don't know what they're going to say. Uh, in fact, I told her, come back to me when you have a position from the insurance company. But the reason I want to bring this out is because, you know, in many instances, John, we know, we've talked about this, people who are disabled try to go back to work. 
And what I tell people is, number one, you should try to go back to work if you have clearance from your doctor or doctors. Okay, you should not go back to work against medical advice. I don't care if the insurance company is trying to pressure you or trying to tempt you or whatever. If you don't feel that you're ready to go back to work and your doctors don't agree that you're ready, then don't. If they do think that you are ready to try to go back, try to go back, and you think that it's the right time, take a look at your LTD policy, get a copy of it from your insurance company, uh, ask your adjuster even if you need to, to look at the recurrence provision. There is a provision in virtually every LTD policy that states that if you're an LTD and you try to go back to work and you have difficulty actually working, in other words, the, the attempt to go back to work is not successful, you have to, you have to go back off okay, or back on LTD, okay? you cannot work at this time, it's premature, typically there is a clause in the contract in the LTD policy that says you have X amount of time, X amount of months to in fact go back on LTD without having to wait the initial elimination period, that period of time where you have to wait, uh, you know, I think it's like 90 days or 180 days depending on the policy before you actually start getting paid. So, you know, you should be aware of that. And, and you know, what's happened here is, is this gentleman has been back to work for two years, which is fine. I mean, he mm-hmm. was ready to go back for two years. But people out there who do try to go back understand that you do have that period of time. And once you exceed that period of time, you know, the insurance company could potentially block you uh, even more than they already do, and, and even try and trigger a pre-existing exclusion there uh, and, and say that you don't qualify. Or at the very least, they may say, okay, well, we'll put you back on LTD, but uh, you have to go through the elimination por- uh, uh, period again. In other words, you have to wait another three months or, or half a year before you get a check in the mail. Uh, so just be cognizant of that. The other thing to consider is this. Many, many people, and I say many, many because I've heard from many, many people across the country who in good faith, legitimately, they're not couch potatoes, they're trying to go back to work and they do try and then they fail and within days or weeks or a few months of trying to go back and failing, needing to go back on LTD, they go to the adjuster, they call them up, they email them, they say, I haven't been able to do it, I need more time off and the adjuster says, no. What do you do in that situation? I'll tell you, you give us a call immediately. Because what we're going to do at that point, we're going to coordinate with your doctors, get the necessary reports we need okay, to make sure that the insurance company understand that they have no choice. They have to put you back on claim or they're going to be receiving from us a legal claim that basically goes after them legally for what they owe you. So again, the idea is here, you have options. We can help you enforce your rights and don't just take what the insurance company is giving you don't just you know get shocked that the insurance company is denying your claim they do this a lot okay they do this a lot they they, they deny people's claims illegitimately unjustly in my view illegally and we can do something about it or better yet we can help you do something about it you just need to reach out to us to get this information so we can chat about your options do not hesitate. Make a, a phone call at least. It's really simple. one 821 5900 toll-free. Website is disabilityrights.ca. You can also use mydisabilityquestions.com for free questions and answers about your LTD. And send along an email. It is help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll take a short break. Get right back to the show, Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. 
The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back. Disability Law Show. Savannah Tamarkin is here, your co-host, and answering all your questions. By the way, you want to reach out when the show is done. That's uh, that's no problem. 1-855-821-5900 would be the toll-free number for you to use. And don't hesitate. DisabilityRights.ca is the website you want to go to. You will find links to our long-running TV show on that website as well. And MyDisabilityQuestions.com. That's free for questions and answers about your LTD with a searchable database of past questions asked. It's really cool. Okay, pal, take us home. What else you got? Okay, so we had uh, we were contacted this past week as well by uh, an individual. Uh, he's out of uh, Calgary, actually, in Alberta. And he's 46 years old. He suffers from from uh, fibromyalgia, uh, which can be very debilitating. It's basically pains all over. Um, you know, it, it's it's. I've, I've known people that have that, and and you know, they're basically stuck at home in bed. It's it's a very very difficult chronic illness. Insurance companies are very skeptical of it, but what do I care what insurance companies think? I listen to what the doctors are saying. That's right. And, and this is a recognized uh, illness. Um, it's not the easiest to diagnose, but it is diagnosable. And anyways, this person is suffering from that. Now, what's interesting about this particular case is that this person, when they contacted us, um, essentially contacted us saying, you know, can you help me? Here's the situation. And then they wrote, and I'm going to read you the line, they have threatened to do it, i.e. to cut me off if they want, regardless of what my doctor says. Wow. Nice. That is a wow. That is a wow. And and I can tell you, generally adjusters are a bit smarter than putting that in writing. Usually that's you know uh, oral. They tell you that by phone if they do say that. Not many adjusters do that, by the way. Let me let me give adjusters credit, okay? Uh, despite the fact that I don't like what they do in many instances, uh, many of them, and and I know quite a few of them, are actually good people. But they simply have things that they have to do for their employer. This is the way the system is is structured. You know, but many of them do adjudicate claims in good faith. Uh, sometimes they make mistakes. Everyone is human. But this individual here is contacting us because his adjuster says uh, that he can cut him off at any point, regardless of what this person's doctor says. And we talked about this in the first segment. We had a case that we were going through. And I'm raising this because I want to make sure that people understand. To me, to me, and I'm talking from experience now. It's anecdotal, but it's experience. If your doctors are saying that you are disabled from working, legitimately, okay, legitimately, I'm not saying that they write something on a piece of napkin saying this person can't go to work, the person is sick, okay, it's not one of those things. If a person is suffering from a disability, it can be a psychological disability or an illness, it can be a a physical disability or, or illness, or a mixture of the two. And if your doctors say that functionally, okay, you cannot do the essential tasks of your own occupation or any occupation, depending on where you are in the LTD process, the insurance company must listen to your doctor. Now, they have a right to get you assessed by one of their own uh, physicians, one of their own assessors. They can do that. But guess what? Those are hired guns, right? Those are hired guns. When the insurance company has you assessed by one of their doctors, or, or other practitioners, or for a transferable skills assessment, whatever, they are hiring someone. They're paying them potentially thousands of dollars to get an opinion. And chances are, they've been using that individual on other cases, which means that that individual that they've hired, the doctor, the, the other practitioner, whatever, that person 
has an inherent interest, monetary interest, in continuing to get work from the insurance company. So therefore, they're probably going to crank out an opinion that is favorable to the insurance company and not favorable to you. That's a different story. Again, yeah. I've you know talked before about how you deal with this, and there are you know ways to deal with it. But what's important here to understand is that the insurance company, this adjuster who told this person, "I can do whatever I want, or I can cut you off if I want," quote, regardless of what your doctor says. No, you can't. And if you do, we can go after you, after the insurance company, and force them to pay them uh, to pay you what you're owed. I want to make that clear. If your doctors confirm that you are disabled and your insurance company ignores that or cherry picks information from the reports, right, to skew the picture, to skew the diagnosis, to skew the prognosis, we can help you. And the way we help you is by basically pushing on the insurance company. We start a legal process. Many people out there, John, are very frightened of the idea of a legal process. How much is it going to cost me? I don't have any yeah, money coming in. Exactly. You're not paying anything, anything up front. We only get paid at the end at the end and that's only if we recover money for you we get a percentage basically it's called contingency it's allowed okay but the idea is that we don't charge anything up front so if we are wrong in the advice we've given you and we don't recover the money for you well guess what then we've worked for nothing so from that standpoint we're in the same boat and all our lawyers operate the exact same way when it comes to this kind of work to LTD work so if your adjuster tells you that they don't care what your doctor says my 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 advice is uh, email that adjuster afterwards and and confirm that in writing. Yeah, we spoke earlier today, uh, just confirming that you says that you said that despite what my doctor says, despite uh, our, us discussing X, Y, and Z with respect to my disability, you've stated that uh, you do not care what my doctor says, or you've stated that you are disregarding whatever my doctor said. And at that point, you have it in writing. It's a contemporaneous record. So if down the road you get cut off or your disability claim gets denied or whatever, at least we have that. We can point to that and we can say, look, you insurance company, you adjuster acted incorrectly, improperly. You've breached your obligations under the policy and you owe my client damages. It's always good to have a written record. You and Lior both say the same thing. You know, it's not in writing. It didn't happen this way. Even if even if you don't get a response, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, uh, silence is the same as acceptance if you send that off to your adjuster, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And yes, and you, you can always click on uh, confirm receipt, um, something like that, right? Where a person, yeah, when they get right. the email. They, but I mean, it, again, it doesn't matter. As long as you've sent the email, as long as there was no bounce back, right? I mean, we can say that legitimately the email probably went through. I don't care if the adjuster responded or not. As far as I'm concerned, the fact that the adjuster has not responded is actually detrimental to them, right? Yeah. Because they can they can respond back saying, "I disagree. I didn't say that." Okay, well then there is a question as to as to who, who's telling the truth. But if the adjuster actually ignores the email, even better for you because it means that that's uncontradicted. So when we have nice. to point to it down the road, it's going to be difficult for them to say that this is inaccurate because they never said anything at the time to contradict it. Email address, simple to reach out, help at disabilityrights.ca. The website is simply disabilityrights.ca, and I'll give you the phone number before we get to a break here. Toll free anytime. Use it, write it down, and uh, give them a call, one 821 5900 A few more minutes to go, so you want to send along an email or some correspondence, you can do that either during or after the show. Disability Law Show right here on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. 
The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Disability Law Show, that's what you are listening to. Appreciate you sticking around for the hour. I want to reach out when we're done. Toll free to Savan and his team, one 5900 That is free for our questions and answers about your LTD. Searchable database, by the way. You can see if something's been asked in the past by another listener. If not, leave it there, and the crew will uh, will get to it. Email address is help at disabilityrights.ca as well. Okay, let's move on, pal. I've got a few minutes to go. What's uh, Who's up next? Johnny, so many, so many questions from people, which is oh. great. I, I love these questions. So this one comes from a, a person uh, out of BC, and uh, that person has not been cut off LDD yet, but uh, they, they basically are being sent to an assessment. So this lady has been on LTD apparently for 10 years. Um, I, I don't have the exact information here as to what the nature of the disability is, but uh, she's been on, on it for 10 years, and apparently the insurance company now, I guess maybe there's a different adjuster, uh, it now is looking to see whether or not she can do something else. Now, that's interesting, right? Because the vast majority of LTD policies out there, you know, for the first two years to qualify for LTD, you got to show medically with the support of your doctors that you cannot do the essential tasks of your own occupation. Yes. Beyond the two-year mark, it's any occupation for which you're uh, um, suited for by training, education, or experience. So this is weird because if she has one of these policies, which are pretty much the standard policies out there for LTD, she would have been on the any occupation test now. She's, she's met that for the last eight years. So what's changed? I have no idea. But apparently her doctors, from their standpoint, nothing has changed. She continues to be unable to do her work. So what's interesting is the assessment that she's being sent to. It's not a medical assessment. It's a transferable skills assessment. And we've talked about all these different assessments, right? People are used to, you know, if they're suffering, for example, from a mental issue, uh, illness, a disability, they may be seen by an insurance psycho- a psychiatrist or psychologist. If it's a physical one, they may be seen by a, a physician um, chosen by the insurance doctor. But there are other types of assessments as well. And one of these assessments is a transferable skills assessment. And, and listen to the title, transferable skills assessment. So it's you being asked to undergo an assessment with a practitioner that is going to be gauging what kind of skills you have that can be transferable to another kind of occupation. Not the one you were doing pre-disability, but another one. Okay, That's usually what you see at the two-year mark or before the two-year mark, right? When the insurance company is trying to gauge whether or not you'll qualify uh, beyond the two-year mark of LTD. You rarely see that 10 years into the claim. And and what's interesting to me here is that, you know, let's step back for a second. A person has now not been working for 10 years. I don't know what kind of work she does. I don't know that it matters. After being out of work for 10 years with the same kind of disabilities that you are suffering from, what kind of skills can you possibly have and maintain? Remember, the, the medical right. disability is not being questioned here by the insurance company. They're not sending her to an assessment by a doctor. What kind of skills can you have that can be transferred after 10 years of not being in the workforce, right? And this, this world, I mean, look, we're in COVID's, you know, situ- COVID world now. I mean, forget about COVID even. Just the world is moving so quickly. So, so to me, this is interesting. And it's interesting because 
Usually when an insurance company sends you to one of these kinds of assessments, it's because they are trying to prime your case for a cutoff. They're trying to figure out if there is a way that they can point to something that says, aha, you no longer qualify for LTD. In this case, if, an, if the, the opinion comes back from this assessor, which I anticipate it will, that says that, look, we've examined you, we've looked at your skill set, we think that theoretically you can do five other jobs, five other occupations for which you're suited for. Practically speaking, for the life of me, I can't see how anybody would agree that this lady would be able to actually suddenly go and do something else. Again, remembering that the insurance company is not disputing that she's disabled. So to me, if the insurance company in this case, after 10 years, when the medical condition has not changed, uh, pins their hopes on this assessment and then subsequently cuts her off on that basis, to me, that is a potential case for extra contractual damages against the insurance company. It's just clear as day that the insurance company is trying to shake her off claim, trying to figure out how to stop paying her. I don't even know how old she is. It's possible that she's a young lady, in which case the insurance company just doesn't want to continue paying until age 65. So again, you always have to look at these things in context. And the context here is that this person has been disabled for 10 years. Nothing has changed from a disability standpoint. The insurance company is not contradicting that. They're just trying to figure out a way to stop paying this person. I think it is just shameful for the insurance company to be doing this. They have a right to send her to an assessment, but I think it's shameful. And you know what we are reinforcing to her and other people in her situation, similar situation, is that we are here for you. And if you need to reach out to us to get a perspective, to know if what the insurance company is doing is right or wrong, we are here. We can answer that. And oftentimes, John, people email me and I answer their questions fairly quickly. Uh, and it can be in all hours of the day. So if you email me at 5 a.m., you may get a response back at 5.02. Not guaranteed, but you may. Uh, so, And it's free. It's absolutely free. If I can help you, I will help you. And that goes for every member of my team. None of you people out there, None of you individuals out there who are struggling with your disabilities and are fighting insurance companies, none of you are alone. I want you to know that. How do they, even after 10 years, how do they tackle the concept of commensurate income? Or can they? <laughs> that's, that's a good point, right? Commensurate income, right? I mean, when you're saying that a person can do another occupation, you know, our courts have said that essentially this means that you should be able to go and earn 60, 65%, in some instances even higher than that, of your pre-disability income. So if you're earning, let's say, I don't know, a hundred grand, just to make the numbers easy, a hundred grand a year before you are disabled, post-disability, they have to be able to show that you can do an occupation they will pay you sixty, sixty-five thousand dollars at the very least. That's not easy to do. And to boot, again, this lady has been disabled for 10 years and continues to be disabled. How is she going to make that money? I mean, I don't know if that's the money, but my point, you see you know what I'm saying? The yeah. insurance company has not challenged her for the last 10 years. And then suddenly they wake up. I guarantee you, John, there's just a new adjuster on the file and trying to figure out how to cut her off. And if that's the case, we would come down hard on them like a ton of bricks because they should not be victimizing people. Again, people who are legitimately struggling with their disability, especially especially given the state that the entire world is in right now with COVID. Look, we're, uh, we're done for another show. You want to reach out, keep these numbers at hand and this contact information. The number, first of all, is mentioned toll-free, 
The website is disabilityrights.ca. Links to our long-running television show there as well. 30-minute condensed version of what you get here. And the email address, help at disabilityrights.ca. And finally, uh, free answers and questions anytime for you. Leave them there. The firm will get to them. Savannah, a member of his team, that would be my disabilityquestions.com. Really simple, free, of course, as well. We'll catch you next time. Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.